0: Over these past few weeks, as my family and I have struggled through the difficulties, some of the worst difficulties that we've had, the sickness and eventually the death of our dear son, more than ever before, we've been able to see God's loving hand intervening within our circumstance and making provision for all the different needs And as God usually does, He used people. He used people to help us, most of whom we knew, but also people that we had never met before. But all of them were working together towards a goal of helping us and helping our dear son. And I was reminded all over again of how God has put within His provision to those of us who love Him, This special body of people whose calling it is to reach out to people who are in need and to meet their needs. And then as I began to study through these few words that I'll read for us in a moment from Luke chapter 8, I was able to see how during those beginning days of the new church that Jesus was forming, how He would eventually arrive at forming that special body of believing helpers the body of Christ, that body of Christ that has been blessing us so much recently in our time of need. And throughout this whole experience, I've been reminded that our God is big. It's the only word that I can think of. So very big, big in ways that our minds can't imagine. And though my own mind is too small to fathom the concept of, of God knowing about everything, everything that is and everything that's taking place at the moment and everything that will take place. He, he does know all of that. And He's ever and always near to us. Even when we don't feel that He is, He is ever and always near to us, right up close, knowing everything that's taking place and every thought that we think And He's so powerful. He really is so very powerful. He's able to cause things, anything, to take place that He desires to happen. And amazingly, everything He does is good. So very, very good. I've been reminded over and over again of just how amazing God is. And again, in most all of the things that God does for each of us, He does it through people, through other people. Especially through that special body of Christ that He's formed within the hearts of those who have received Him as Savior and Lord. And again, here in these first few words of our Scripture passage for today, we can see how the Lord is beginning to form that special body of Christ. And how that special body of Christ will be doing its very special work of helping him and helping his disciples and helping others within the larger body of believers within the church from that point on. Here in this passage, we'll begin to see how through the Holy Spirit, God gives people within the body of Christ special gifts and special talents how He equips each of us to be able to reach out and to do things that we've never done before. Helping and meeting the needs of not only the other people within the body of the believing church, but also even often to reach out beyond the church, even to those in the unbelieving world, and to help them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God describes this special body of Christ and how each member of the body goes about interworking to accomplish his special purposes. Listen and note carefully how each part of this body of Christ is to care for the other members of it. But at the same time, each part of this body of Christ is dependent upon the others within the body. And here God wisely uses the example of our physical bodies to help us in our understanding of what he's doing. And you'll notice in here as I read this that some of the parts of the body don't think that they're very important. And that takes place within the church, within the body of Christ, within the church. Some folks don't think that what they're doing is that important. But it is. Everyone is as important as everyone else. Let me read this for you. This is beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, being in in verse 14. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong in the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. And I'm going to add, each one is important as the other. It goes on in verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Folks, God is so wise and He's so ingenious in the way that He reaches into and meets our needs. Each person taking up the role that God has assigned to them with everyone then being able to prosper in the purposes that God has assigned to them. Now here in today's passage we'll see an example of how how God was doing this very thing. Each person equipped For their part in the body of Christ. Each person being faithful to carry out that purpose. Some of those purposes may seemingly be more important than others. But they are not. Not in God's eyes. This is Luke chapter 8 beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he, this is the Lord Jesus, went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Now first, I want us to note that while it's contrary to the prevalent belief within our culture today, there really is no shame in being poor, in owning nothing, none of the riches of this world. In reality, it really is more often a blessing when a person is not bound by the demands and the necessities of ownership. The Lord Jesus understood those things. And He knew that it was best that as He dwelt among us, here in this flesh, that he remained poor, never owning or possessing anything. Because folks, as we know, everything that we own, owns a little bit of us. Jesus knew that it would gain him nothing to have man's wealth. He had already been that great and mighty king of glory in heaven. Owned everything. And folks, with only the word of his mouth, The Lord Jesus had spoken everything into existence that men now count as being important to them. Those words in John chapter 1. He, the Lord Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. He created everything. And all of those things belonged to Him. But He Himself had no desire to own or to possess any of it. And so then, with great humility, He laid it all aside, and He ministered to us. He came and He died for our sins. (coughs) Folks, Jesus' only need, while He was in this world, was the nourishment that was necessary for His body. But beyond that, Jesus knew that it would be a better thing that He not own anything. So in His great wisdom, He instead placed the possessions and the wealth of this world into the hands and into the watch care of his creation, you and me. And in that way, men and women, you and I, if we are so inclined, we can use all that he's given to us for the care and the benefit of other people. And that was the very special circumstance and situation that we see in this scripture passage In his providential plan of creation, Jesus had both created the things of this world and he had also created then a need for those things, food and clothing and shelter and protection. But he did it all with the special purpose in mind of drawing men and women into a oneness with each other, oneness of purpose, oneness in salvation. God is such a masterful genius in His plans and purposes. His plan was then and is now for each man and woman to have fundamental needs that require the personal involvement of other people, their personalities, their talents, their gifts, all of it coming together for the common good of each other. I don't know about you, but I think that is very clever of our Lord to put within us A need for oneness to come together. To not just have what we have and hold it for ourselves, But to take that which we are given and form a oneness with each other. Listen to these words that God tells us about oneness in John chapter 17. He says, I do not pray for these alone. This would be his disciples that he's speaking about. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word because he was equipping them with these special gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, and I are one, I in you and you in me, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Of all the special blessings of God, folks, our oneness is a most precious and helpful blessing. Oneness also is that central element within this body of Christ that he was forming At that time and that is present now, right here in this church, oneness is a central element of it. We think very little about the value and worth of oneness until we're alone and in need. And then someone comes alongside and offers to help us, to share their provisions with us. It's then that oneness proves most precious and dear to us. And I experienced that, my wife and I experienced that so much during these past few weeks. As people would come alongside, some to offer comfort, others to bring us food and other things that we would need, other provisions that we would need. It's that kind of oneness that's being spoken about here in these words of Jesus. And the oneness that's being demonstrated in the sharing of their provisions by these women that are spoken about in this passage. A very important truth is being shown to us here in these few words about these gracious and giving women who were traveling with the Lord Jesus. And that truth is this, that if and to the degree that we as believers surrender ourselves into the perfect plan of God that He has put into place, that will be the degree to which his plan is truly able to come together and to begin to work for the common good of everyone else. The simple truth is, Jesus could have done all of these things the way he had done it during creation. He could have simply spoken, and he'd have had all the provisions that he needed as he and his disciples traveled around the countryside preaching and teaching. But he didn't, and he didn't for a reason. He knew that it would be a far better thing for the body of Christ to come together and then to reach on forward to meet those needs. That was true in that day and it's true in our day. As we mentioned a moment ago, through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, God gave us, you and me, very special spiritual gifts. You and I have spiritual gifts given to us by the Lord to equip us So that we can reach on forward to meet each other's needs. You and I are born into this life with talents. But in addition to those talents, God has also given us special spiritual gifts gifts that can do things that natural talents can't do. He talks about those spiritual gifts several places in the scripture. I've shared these with you in the past, but I want to read some of them to you. He gives them to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to some of these gifts, some of which you have, and you and I need to know what our spiritual gifts are so that we can use them to reach on out and help other people. Romans 12 verse 4, For as in one body... We have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are only one body and individually members of one another. Remember I told you that we not only give, but we're dependent upon other people. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them then. If it's prophecy, which... Surely some of those disciples had that gift. If it is prophecy, then in proportion to our faith. If serving in our serving, the one who teaches in their teaching, the one who exhorts in their exhortation, the one who gives of their finances in generosity, the one who leads, leading with zeal, the one who uh, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, Folks, within the special spiritual gifts that God gives to us, are found all the provisions and all the abilities that any of us will need for life and for godliness. And if we'll only join into the oneness with God and with each other that He has put into place here through these special gifts, all the needs and desires of each person's life can be met like to pause here and say to you that this is not the usual way of life in our culture. Most all of us in our culture, we take what we earn and we take it back to our home and we spend it on ourselves and we delight ourselves. That's not what the Lord is saying here. He's saying, I'm providing you all that you need, but I'm giving you especially a large portion that you need to be sharing with other people. Now, think again with me about what I've been saying. First of all, in our natural birth, God fashioned all of us with basic physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. At the same time, He then generously equipped us with many talents and abilities. But also, in our new birth, when you receive Christ as your Savior, in your new birth, He gave you special gifts spiritual gifts that He wants you to use for the benefit of blessing other people. The idea being that if we will, in loving oneness, selflessly busy ourselves with giving out blessings and benefits to others, and then they, in the same way, selflessly busy themselves with giving out blessings and benefits to us, then each of our needs and desires will be met bountifully, all of us giving and none of us left lacking in anything. Here in these scriptures, as Jesus traveled about the countryside teaching and preaching, He was at that time, He was endowing His disciples with spiritual gifts. Gifts that they would need after He had left this earth. Gifts such as the gift of teaching, the gift of preaching, The gift of leadership. And then to the others that were in the group that was traveling with him. These dear women especially, it's spoken about here. He was equipping them for their part. Both for those days, but also for the days to come. In those women, we see here that they had the spiritual gifts of giving and of serving. And folks, as we become givers, we need never be concerned about whether our needs will be met. I've heard so many people say, well, I do all the giving, but nobody gives back to me. That's not true. God gives us this promise in Philippians 4.19. Listen, there we're told, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Those words were given by the Apostle Paul to the people who lived in Philippi, who had provided for his needs. And so he said back to them, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because you were willing to give, my God will give back to you. Listen, when oneness of spirit and of purpose bind people together in that way, then all manner of plan and activity can go forward. Now look again at these words of our text today. Here we read very simply that there were people, these three women in particular, but others also were traveling with them, we're told. They traveled with the Lord Jesus along the countryside as He would preach and teach, and they were making provision for Him and for His disciples out of their own personal finances. And as I mentioned a moment ago, these women seem to have been given the spiritual gift of giving and of serving. And they responded to those spiritual gifts by giving to the needs of Jesus and to His disciples and of serving them as they traveled. Selfless giving, giving of themselves and giving of their time and their energies and of their monies. And that was exactly as it should have been. That was the reason that God had endowed them with the money that they had and with the spiritual gifts that they had so that they could join in and complete their part of the plan and the purpose of the body of Christ. Folks, listen, make no mistake. It's an integral and well-orchestrated plan that God is putting into place here in the earliest beginnings of the church. Each person having a part to play within it. And that same plan and purpose is taking place in this church even now. But it does require each of us to follow through on our part. These women had a vital part to play in the ministering to the daily needs of the group as jesus and his disciples went about preaching and teaching they needed to be free from so many of those common requirements and distractions that so often plague a ministry and you'll recall in the book of acts that they said those very same words and that's when they formed the group of deacons to meet the needs of the church while these men preached and taught That was taking place here. These dear women were ministering to the needs of the Lord Jesus and his disciples so that they would not be distracted. Now, folks, again, let me mention, Jesus could have solved this whole circumstance himself. As he did, as he fed the 5,000, he could have simply spoken and all of his provisions would have come into being. But listen, had he have done that, he would have deprived these dear women of the privilege of doing their part. And listen, that is a very important matter for you and me to consider. We often probably go too far to spare our loved ones or our neighbors from having to do one thing or another. You don't want to ask them. But listen, instead of us jumping to take up their load or their burden, though that may be well intended on our part, We may be preventing them, listen, we may be preventing them from doing something that God actually intends them to do. And that would be most unfortunate because he may also be planning to bless them. And we would rob them of that special blessing that God had intended for them. Simply because we didn't involve them in the things that they could be doing and they should be doing. You and I are an important, integral part of God's great plan and part of this special body of Christ. And each of us needs to seek out and to know what our part is. You need to seek out and know what your part is in the body of Christ. One or more of God's spiritual gifts is yours, is mine. And those gifts are intended to be used for the benefit of other people. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? These women did. Some of them had money that they could give. Others would serve. And they were all diligent to do that. Now again, are you, am I, doing our part? What is our part? What is your part? We might say, but I don't have much money like some of those women probably had. Folks, listen. Perhaps those women didn't have a lot of money either. But they gave anyway. And God made it to be plenty enough to meet the needs of Jesus and his disciples. The question for you and me is, are you, am I, giving of ourselves, of our finances, of our abilities, of our talents? Are we giving to meet the needs of Jesus? Or are we simply using our time and our money and our energies, our abilities for our own needs? Now, even though you may think that you don't have enough money or abilities to do the things perhaps that these women did to provide for Jesus, but let me assure you that you and I do. And he tells us, gives us this guarantee that I read just a moment ago from Philippians 4.19. And in those words, he promises to you and me that if we will be generous with our time, our energies, and our abilities, then my God shall supply all of your needs, my needs, according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we confess we too often take what we've got and go over into a corner and hold it for ourselves. Sometimes we have extra, but we put it away for a rainy day. In case we need it later. But that might not have been your plan. Your plan may have been for us to give that extra to someone else. Not just someone who would walk by, but someone we should seek out to see if they have need of what we have left over. And that's not only in our finances, Father. We know that it's in our abilities, in our comforting conversation, in our exhortations. Help us not to take these gifts that you've given to us and simply hide them in a corner in case we need them later. Help us to bless you and to bless all those around us. Help us to be the body of Christ that you've designed us to be. We pray in Jesus' name.